0: Three, two, one. Hi, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Failure Friday, where we talk to my friends, clients, and complete strangers about how failure has shaped them professionally, personally and how they've become better people because of it. And today we have a good friend and a client, Miss Rebecca with us. Rebecca is a award-winning psychiatrist based out of Jacksonville, Florida. And she's also a member of the same CEO, CEO focus group that Benna, our last week's interviewee, is a part of a group that I'm so thankful for and that Rebecca actually introduced me to initially. Again, so thankful for that introduction. And I'm gonna let Rebecca take the stage and tell us a little bit more about what she does and how she got into this field. Thanks for being here, Rebecca. Hi there. Thank you for having me. Um, My name is Rebecca Farinas
1: and I am a psychiatrist here in Jacksonville. I have been practicing psychiatry for about 14 years on my own. And I've I guess with all my years of training been doing this for about twenty two years. Gosh, has it hasn't been that long? Yeah, it has. It's it's hard to believe. Um I did not plan on practicing psychiatry when I decided to pursue medicine. Uh, It was the last thing I ever imagined myself doing. But uh, uh, I would say um, I came to it um, because it was what felt right, but it was also um, a series of failures that brought me to it. And um, it was definitely what um, what was absolutely my heart's calling. What was your first choice? I didn't know this. Yeah, I I, I thought I was going to be a surgeon, um, and I I had I had my heart set on being a surgeon. And when I was trying to get into medical school, I had the very good fortune of learning to do surgery with um, a researcher who taught me to do cardiothoracic surgery on sheep prior to getting into medical school. And during that period of time, I learned um, well trying to stitch on a beating heart that, uh, one, I freeze under pressure, which is not a good thing to do in the OR. Wow. I'm um, well. <laughs> No, it's not. It's not, but I learned that quickly. And um, I also learned, I, while I can stitch a straight line beautifully, um, there are many more things in surgery than stitching a straight line um, on something that's not moving. Um, and um, is so that well um <laughs> they were eventually um i, I the, the principal investigator was an excellent surgeon i was not um but what i learned from that was that i'm i'm not surgery material and that was really good to know and i was so thankful i learned that before med school because i would have been devastated to so what there. did you do
0: what was your your emergency your fight or flight reaction that made you realize i, fr- oh, I freeze so I, I freeze i absolutely i freeze like I you did. just froze with a beating heart in your hand and just went went dead basically well
1: well what happens uh, well i was i i was supposed to be um placing um a, a tube in the heart to to measure pressures and and when you put something in a heart that's beating and there's blood circulating through it you need to stitch it up really quickly and when you freeze and you're not stitching bloods gushing and that's not a good thing so the uh i i I just was clearly not doing what i needed to do and and the surgeon was very keen to watch me because i was new and he just moved me aside gently and and took over and it was very you know and and he taught me he taught me so much he was so gentle and so kind and so patient with me but it, it didn't get much better i mean my skills got better but but my, I still, when, um, when things get really hairy, um, even with psychiatric patients, um, which, which is a good thing with psychiatric patients, not reacting is a really good thing. Right. Um, that makes sense. In surgery, it's still not a good thing <laughs> to not <laughs> react. <laughs> In surgery, it's still a really good thing to react. Um, in psychiatry, it's not. So my propensity to not react serves me really well in my chosen field.
0: It's, you know, still not good. How <laughs> long did it, did it take you to redirect from surgery to psychiatry? And what was the avenue that brought you there?
1: Um, so I... I knew pretty quickly. Well, it's not going to be psychiatry, or it's not going to be surgery. Right. Um, I didn't think it was going to be psychiatry, uh, even when I started med school. Um, pretty much because um, I, I was, I was seeing a psychiatrist. I was seeing a mental health professional um, for my own needs, and. I, uh, um, one of the things that I noticed was that it, it seemed like a number of the people I was seeing seemed to, um, not seem to have a lot of self knowledge and didn't, it didn't appear that they were actively seeking counsel from outside individuals.
0: Um, And um, I thought, well, when you you say that, do you mean self-awareness or just knowledge in their field, like they weren't growing in their field? They didn't seem like they had a lot of self-awareness.
1: Okay, that's different. It was, it it was. Um, And maybe I just didn't have a lot of good fortune in, in my, in with the individuals I saw, but that was my experience. And so I thought, well, okay, so I don't belong in that club because I'm getting help and, you know, hmm. You know, it, 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 the sense that I got was they were doing what they were doing to not look at themselves. selves.
0: Hmm.
1: And I didn't, it, it, I didn't. And I still feel like there's a, a fair oh, no. number of individuals in the business doing that. Um, but I didn't feel like that that pertained to me. So um, I thought, well, you know, I'll find something else I want to do. And there were lots of other things in medicine that I thought I wanted to do. Um, and then I started doing them and I realized, nope, I don't like this. Um, and I started, you know, looking at the different specialties and I started working my way through them um, all the different ones I thought I was really interested in. And there were just certain things about each one that I just didn't, that didn't fit, that didn't feel good, that didn't feel right. I didn't enjoy. And I was getting really worried. And I thought, God, what am I going to do? Like, I've always wanted to be a doctor. Like since I was eight, um, you know, do I, finish this up and you know go to law school and do public policy or something um and then my very first day um on my psychiatric rotation I walked onto the psych ward and I just I knew I was home I just it just was right I just I was home I just not because like home was crazy but not that it wasn't but um but um it just it just it was just like um just like putting my hand in a glove that was just made for me and i've never looked back
0: i wonder i wonder going back to what you said before how many psychiatrists or psychologists even actually seek help for themselves that is that is a curious question i wonder how common that. that that, i don't know that
1: enough to Because you're in such
0: a unique field, you're, I mean, what you deal with, what you see every day isn't, I mean, it could be traumatic in a way, right?
1: Um, I think that, I think it, I think, I I think it depends on the venue, I think it depends on the person, I think it depends on how you practice. Um, I mean, it, it just, it, yes and no, um, uh, it, you know, there, I think there, you know, when I, before I started doing, uh, when I was still in college, I, Worked at Wilson Children's Hospital in the pediatric oncology floor, oh. and everyone was like, "Oh my God, that's so devastating! Children with cancer, and like, no, they're, they're kids that are very alive with an illness that we're treating. Like, they're, they, they, no, they're they're kids. They, they 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 were, and most of them got better. Um, and it, and it's no, they they were very alive." um it we we it, it wasn't devastating the parents of course had to come to terms with it but but when I was working with them I was working with kids that were kids that that were kids, it, it wasn't, be kids. yeah there were it was there were, it wasn't devastating they were just kids um and and my patients are patients that have lives to live that just just are trying doing their best and some days are better than others like all of us so you
0: know what when when you went from surgery how how many different specialties did you go through like what was your one where you're like okay well surgery might not be it but this has to be it that wasn't psychiatry because uh, i'm not aware of, like what are all the d- different directions you can go in i mean oh
1: my gosh there's so many specialties um i really i really thought i was i really really thought I wanted to do um, obstetrics and gynecology Um, I went to South Africa and learned to deliver babies Um, Wow I I did that for an entire summer that was where I learned no 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 what about that freaked you out Um, that um, you know I don't like causing people pain Mm. And very little about obstetrics and gynecology leaves a woman feeling refreshed. That's a valid point. Um, you know, very little, very little about that experience has many socially redeeming qualities. Um, so it, it hurts. And so I don't care what you're doing, um, then feel good. And then, you know, let's let's couple that with practicing in umtata general hospital in the republic of trans four years outside of apartheid and an old homeland you know like it wasn't pretty so it was a little scarring um i mean i watched you know babies fall out of women so that was fun Oh. Um, and i was like no no i mean even though i won't be seeing a lot of that though i did see that in Galveston, texas at utmb in the prison hospital babies fall out of women you know when they'd had you know 17 kids and babies were falling out of them um
0: 17.
1: yeah mm-hmm. um so there was that hard. i know i know so um I was just like, no, I don't think, I mm-mm, no, not so much. But what I, I learned from that was I really like to teach. I like to, I like to teach. I like the, the teaching part of women's health. Um, and I like the teaching part of pediatrics and family medicine and internal medicine and stuff like that. And there's a lot of teaching in what I do in psychiatry.
0: For sure. Uh,
1: so, I mean, if you do it well,
0: um, so, so you're talking about teaching the patient,
1: yeah, like teaching
0: colleagues. Um. Well, yeah,
1: yeah. Most colleagues, you know, would, yeah, most. I mean, lots of colleagues want to know, and if they want to know, I'm happy to teach them too. But patients and family members m- more than anything, you know, they, they really benefit from knowing. So, yeah. Um. So I thought pain management would also be really good because I don't like to see people in pain, but most of what you have to do to get people out of pain requires inflicting pain. So I Mm. did because like a lot of it's interventional, like, you know, injections, things like that. And I, you
0: know, so that kind of thing. Okay. So you, you truly, went down a lot of different roads before I you really came to psychiatry. I really, I really, I really tried to avoid psychiatry. Yeah. But what's interesting is that you avoided it almost because you didn't think you were worthy of it. It sounds like because you felt like I'm a I'm a consumer of psychiatry. <laughs> yeah, I did. I was like,
1: no. No, I'm I'm yeah, I'm mm-hmm, kind of, I guess. Yeah, I thought no, I'm this I'm like I'm one of them, so yeah, you know.
0: Which, but I mean, to someone on the outside that you're telling this to, it almost certainly would be a consumer who would be the ideal practitioner. Yeah, I mean, I and
1: I'm and I'm very open. I mean, all of my patients will tell you, yeah, you know, like she kind of leads with that. I mean, I'm very open with all of my patients. Like, yes, I have my own drink. And I think that's refreshing. Good. And you know, I, I'm very open about. You know, um, so, um, what you may feel with this medication, um, is this, because that's what I felt when I took it and
0: you know, <laughs> <laughs> just so no, but you that know. feels good. Oh yeah. yeah. We, we call, call that eating your own cooking. Oh,
1: absolutely. 100%. Like, I had
0: some serious tremors
1: when I took that, you know, but
0: they'll pass or, or they won't pass. And you know, it how you deal with seven it. Seven days after I took this. But when I woke up, I felt great. <laughs> exactly. Like careful
1: with the mascara when you take this because you could stab yourself in the eye. So, oh you know, gosh. that kind of thing. So.
0: So where, I'm curious where you're going to pull your, I'm assuming you're going to use a professional failure. Feel free to use a personal one too, if you're comfortable. But where are you pulling that from? Were you already in psychiatry? Was it before psychiatry? Elaborate on that.
1: Well, I mean, I would say, you know, definitely like, you know, I mean, there have been so many failures. (laughs) And I'm probably okay with that too. But like, you know, failing as, you know, a surgeon certainly helped me. You know get here and then once in psychiatry once i started practicing um i so when i was prior to medical school i when i was still in college i started at wilson children's hospital and then while i was in training in residency and fellowship i was recruited to work my first professional job as a child and adolescent psychiatrist back at wilson children's hospital well actually at baptist medical center as an outpatient psychiatrist as an outpatient psychiatrist for the baptist medical center and make and that kind of came full circle brought me back to jacksonville from Texas where I did my training um my husband's family's here so that was good for us shout out to Fern yeah my my very sweet wonderful husband who definitely he was my undergrad study partner helped me get into um medical school and um it was good to come back and I really thought that I was going to be with a Baptist system forever Um, but it, it really kind of became, um, an unpleasant and difficult working situation. Um, because of some of the ways administration handled some, a variety of situations. And I, um, like documentation care um, a number of different things and i i was very careful to document what was going on very thoroughly and i felt like i contacted all the right people and had all of my sort of evidence of the difficulties that i was having to Put those troubles behind me, such that I could move forward and practice without those challenges anymore. And instead, what happened, much to my utter dismay, was my um, my contract was not renewed with mm. Baptist. And that was, um, that was after being with him for five years. Um, and I had like stellar reviews. That was the year that I was like one of Jacksonville's top docs in psychiatry and child and adolescent psychiatry. Wow. Um, for like I think the second year in a row, um, So it was, it was, it was really, it was kind of mystifying. Um, And, um, and, um, and I knew that it was, it was retaliatory. Um, How did you know that? Because it didn't make sense. It it didn't, because my, my, um, what I, what I had, what I had put together was never looked at, um, because had it been looked at, that wouldn't have happened. But there was nothing I could do, and because I was a contract employee, it like the the person that um, the person in question stayed. And I didn't. And the person in question wasn't like a clinician and it, it just didn't, it just didn't make sense. So, so for me, that was, it, it was a failure in this, in the sense of, um, I thought I was doing the right thing, but it, but it turned out it wasn't. and so um, I, I sought out legal counsel and I ended up with a settlement that allowed me and, and, and Baptist provided me with a settlement that allowed me to
0: open my practice. Well, that's a beautiful ending. I didn't see that coming. Yeah. I, but this is actually the core of this issue that I wanna talk more about is actually an incredibly valuable information. How do you approach a comp, what is right versus wrong in the traditional sense? It's easy to say, always oh, do the right thing, but right first wrong, you get involved in the politics of corp- of a corporate job or a big corporation, right. like the one we're talking about, is right. not always so black and white. So yeah. what you thought you were doing was right. a horse. Right. I mean, there's almost like, right. there's, it's a game, right? right. Right. So when back learned, now, what would you do differently?
1: Well, I, I you know, it's so it's interesting. I don't know that I would do anything differently because I I knew I knew that and they knew that they knew they knew that they knew that, they knew that, they knew that um it. They knew that uh, I wasn't in the wrong. And this is where I learned to negotiate because um, I was able to write my letter to all of my clients and take them all with me and tell them exactly where I was going. Um, And with the address of my new location and Baptist mailed it to them on their dime.
0: Wow, how'd you get that?
1: It was part of the settlement.
0: Oh, okay. Yep. Makes sense.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So then it sounds like without, we're not going to name specific names, obviously, but okay. I want this to be something that's valuable to our, to our viewers. It sounds like it was an issue with a specific colleague and you uh-huh. were documenting and then you gave that almost to the wrong people, or maybe was there a I, I went, person I went, to give it to?
1: I went straight to the top i i mean i did it by the book i went straight to the top i went to general counsel i went to everybody and i had to send her a copy i had to like i mean why did you have to because you can't say this person you know is a problem and not let this person know that you're complaining about them well, I did not know if you had to do that because oh, of yeah, the way you you're
0: st- it's structured or
1: yeah, you have to basically. I mean, when you're working in an organization, you kind of have to.
0: Wow. Yeah. How long did you document grievances? Oh. My, uh, they
1: went I mean, they went back a couple of years. I mean, it went it went, oh, all, wow. the way, it, it went all the way it it went all the way back
0: to destroying my records. Like, and those are legal documents. Yeah. Yeah. was it a superior or colleague? You said it wasn't even a cl- clinician. So um, this person was. Um,
1: so it, the thing that was that was that so mad that was so maddening about it was the hierarchy. There was the the physicians. The 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 physicians were. Um, and maybe still are I don't know um were governed by a psychologist and okay. and and which is unusual sounds um, like it and then that person answered to a social worker
0: wait
1: yeah so it you know it it made a lot of sense, and you know,
0: yeah. So, so oh, it was a yeah, so logic. Yeah.
1: can yeah,
0: yeah, You, you help me make that make sense. There's no way to make sense of it. Like I, I would,
1: you know, call my mother, who's been in, you know, the medical profession, run the medical, you know, professions for 50 years now, would just rip her hair out I would call her up. And, and these, um, and these are management roles.
0: Right. Yeah. Okay. That's that's different. Yeah. I don't think that's ordinary to be honest for anyone that's I wouldn't take that as a status quo administration so, hierarchy. That's yeah. that's quite unique. I yeah. so it's interesting when I do this podcast when people are talking about what their perceived failures are, it's always a little bit foreign to me to interpret Because obviously you did everything right in that situation. I can only guess as to why you view that as a failure because you, it wasn't a toxic work environment, except maybe for this person and the way it was being handled, but you loved what you were doing.
1: Oh, I loved it. I loved it. it. Um, I think for me, it was, it was, I guess it was such a, I think I calculated so poorly. I just, I was really floored when, um, when, when, um, what I thought was supposed, when I thought right was supposed to happen and right didn't happen. And and then what that meant was that I then had to become a business owner. And becoming a business owner was not what I wanted to do. I wanted to practice medicine and just practice medicine. And and while while I do enjoy my autonomy as a business owner, um, I enjoy the autonomy I have as a business owner. There is a there is a certain glee I have and thinking huh I'm gonna change out all the rugs and I make it so I don't have Not to what I thought a, you were gonna say you know, uh, uh, you know I'm just saying I'd have to put in a work order and wonder when it's gonna happen like bringing your you dog know, to work Oh well I can bring my dog to work every day. That ha- I love uh, that. He's laying I here right do. now. He's laying here right beside me. Oh show us.
0: Show us real quick. Let's take a quick, a quick commercial break. Oh can you
1: see can you see
0: him? Yes. There he is. So
1: <laughs> so yes. Um I mean I, I I love I love those freedoms. But um the work like it's 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 three full-time jobs instead of one you know
0: oh definitely that's hard I I like I like that you said that because Benna and I talked last week about um and it's why I started this podcast is don't lose people in the process and Mm -hmm. I started this podcast because the last, last two years and I'm thankful for this too but it's just been so much growth that I'm constantly having to read about how to scale, how to adapt the newest technology, refining my client Mm. onboarding process. And Mm. that's not why I love my job, Right, right, less and less time. I was doing what I, so I'm growing, I'm making more money, but I was less happy. Right, And that's why I started this and it's people don't, everybody wants to be an entrepreneur everyone who wants to own their own business but what they don't realize is owning your own business is like taking on you're doing what you love but then you're also taking on a whole nother full-time job and that's where 75 percent of the time you have no idea what the hell you're doing and you're managing other people you're managing yourself and you're expected to grow well and i mean okay so it's overwhelming i mean
1: i i never even so much as had like econ 101 or like i mean i've still never balanced a checkbook um (laughs) like you know i mean i do review my bank statements every month i do i review all my bank statements i review all my credit card statements like and your investment statements and i i review those damn things too I I, i look at those every damn month um but, you know, I, I,
0: it is, oh, and then the HR. Fuck that HR.
1: Like, the oh. HR is
0: so hard. Don't get but, me started. I can't even talk about it because SCC and FINRA is probably looking at it right now. Girl, well, I hear you. You
1: know, but, I mean, like, and think everything that's holy. we're talking, oh, uh, mock. I mean, two years, two years without staff, two years, you know, they're going to leave me. They're here. You know, they're listening in. I mean, oh my gosh. So like, but talk about the pain I went through prior to that happening, you know, people stealing from me and family working for me, oh gosh, the worst. So, you know, I mean, again. You know and and what am i doing tomorrow and friday and sunday i'm painting my office yeah because you know it's thanksgiving what else am i gonna do paint my oh, office. Wait,
0: what, what color are you gonna do i like the line bright green
1: i'm gonna go a couple of shades lighter because i just need to brighten
0: it up so okay that's gonna look good I'll yeah yeah i think it will then. So, so it's, been what, nine,
1: it's been nine years that color, so, you know, it's time. It's been
0: nine years since nine you've had a paint years. job?
1: Well, that color, yeah.
0: Wow. Because, you know, wow, this I looks painted
1: it, so hello. <laughs>
0: you painted it all, that whole thing the first time?
1: Yeah. Oh, my God. I don't paint my own office. So all Just, you, you don't have to do that. Oh, good. <laughs>
0: So what could someone earlier on in their journey but on the same path learn from the specific failure that you've chosen to talk about? And I think the one you, it's so, I want you to really hone in on this answer because you picked a really good failure.
1: Um, so I think, I think what they could learn is to,
0: Seek more counsel before acting. Did you not do that at all? I did.
1: I did do that. But the people that I talked to
0: um, were insiders. Okay. So I think more value to that answer would be always have counsel outside of your chosen job like Mm -hmm. your your direct report in the same industry of course ideally right
1: but outside that outside absolutely outside
0: absolutely outside
1: Mm -hmm. that's really
0: good advice and i think sometimes that's hard to do right because in certain industries certainly mine a mentor that would be in jacksonville would also be my competition so it's probably similar in your industry right well, you know, it's interesting. So, I mean, it, it's
1: so it's so funny. I mean, like, like, I mean, competition. Like, competition where where good psychiatrists are concerned, there is no competition. I, I mean, if you're a good psychiatrist, you are gonna have people.
0: I that's mean, true. that's really. That's I mean,
1: uh, you know, I I would welcome a colleague to collaborate with. I would. I mean, I'd. I do not look at a good colleague as competition. I, You know, I, God bless a referral source I could have there. You know, I don't look at anybody as competition. I mean, I know, I know what I do and I know what I do well. And I know, I, I don't know anybody that works as hard for their
0: patients as I do. I a hundred, you are consistently always, I mean, I can count that you're going to be working all day long. I I I don't know how you do it. I don't know how you sustain, sustained it this long with the number of employees you have. Like I, I feel like you should have more employees, but I mean that's a whole another argument. <laughs> <How> <laughs> I'm
1: you really them. happy I have the two I have.
0: Oh, I you're you are so lucky to have the two that you have for, for as long as you've I mean Jeannie's I been around. You are so lucky to have her still just, after all this time. I she's know. not allowed to leave, guys. She I know, I know, born, I, know not leave. I know, and Suzanne, and Suzanne is, uh, Suzanne is just, Yes, just she seems college. like a, gem. Yes. so
1: good, she's so good.
0: So I think that that's really valuable. Have counsel outside of your direct job. If you don't have that, start work. How can people develop that in your industry? Are there, are there resources online? Are there groups that they can join even locally in Jacksonville? Where can people find that counsel if it's not, not directly available? I mean,
1: you know, if it, I mean, if it if it's if you're talking about like mental health specific, I mean, anybody could reach out to me anytime. I would I'm happy to talk to anybody. I you know I I would I wouldn't wish anybody to go through what I went through without having somebody to talk to and run things by. I would.
0: I wouldn't wish that on anybody how ever. long did that take that whole scenario to play out to a settlement like what was the length
1: oh gosh uh
0: it
1: it started um it it started in um It started in like October and um, I, I sent in my official letters to everybody um like I started meeting with people saying this is what's going on and then I sent in my official letters to everybody um like the first of January and which which should have like prompted them to say let's see your documentation Mm
0: -hmm.
1: and um the first of February they said we're not going to renew your contract Oh wow, that was fast. Right. But but they had me but they had me work until the end of July. Huh. Yeah.
0: That would have been a toxic work environment.
1: It was horrendous. Horrend it was horrendous. It was
0: horrendous. And then how much time until the settlement and you starting your own practice. So during,
1: so during that, from the minute they came in and told me that they weren't going to, um, renew my contract. I, that night I went home and printed up cards and started handing them out to patients. Actually, no, as soon as I, as soon as I turned in that letter, cause I didn't know if they were just going to come in and take my key. Mm-hmm. Um, and I said, you know, if you come in and I'm not here, cause their trick was to say, Oh, she's gone. We don't know where she is. Um, they did that with other clinicians that had left. Um, like, you know, a clinician left and the patient's like, so where would Dr. So-and-so go, we don't know. Um, so, um, so I said, you know, if if ever, you know, you come in and I'm gone, um, you know, email this address and I'll let you know where I am. So um, I I printed up, you know, 500 of those cards and wow. <laughs> started handing those out, um, and um, and
0: then set about finding this office. So. So then the settlement that they provided you, that was because they realized that they did something not. Yeah, by it was the book. Un-
1: it was it was under the guise of severance, which they quote quote unquote never provided.
0: So interesting. Yeah. Okay, so that's all it all happened pretty quickly then. I mean, you working continuing to work there from February to July is just atrocious. I'm sure that just crawled by. Oh, no, it, it was it was a very very it was glacial at <laughs> the time.
1: But it, was it wasn't glacial. some
0: long drawn out legal battle where you're suing your employer. I mean no,
1: it was it was just a matter of, you know, like them going back and forth and you know, us working out the whole the you know, the wording of my um
0: severance my um, departure if you will the wording of my departure fascinating yeah Uh, how about uh I mean I can only imagine the office banter after you left the water jug conversation
1: oh yeah it was well I mean it was it was it was super fabulous before I left because because that's just how great it was it was wonderful (laughs)
0: Do you keep in contact with anyone from that time? Did you make any meaning, meaningful professional relationships from that experience? Because it's a no. shame, because you truly had a lot of accolades that stem from that period in your career. It, no, and that's that was one thing. I mean, like, it was,
1: it was really, it was one of the most isolating. Like, I, I came from such a bastion of collegiality from the Texas Medical Center to there where I worked for five years and barely anybody at baptist knew they had a child psychiatrist working there
0: oh, that's and I'm, terrible. Not, and I'm not
1: exaggerating like they n- no one knew a child psychiatrist was even on staff at baptist it was awful
0: and i was you out at the patient all every day
1: so it was horrible
0: you're you were still sick. Client-patient-facing face, every day, though, right? Right. But, like, I mean, you know, for the,
1: like, I remember my first patient was 89 years old. Wow. Yeah, it was great. I mean, I had a largely geriatric patient because I spent time with patients. They loved me. I mean, you know, they all called me Becky, and it was great. (laughs) It was, you know, I mean, so eventually I had to, like, call the old people because I eventually got kids and, you know, had to get rid of the
0: elderly because like I needed to open up some spaces
1: for the kids.
0: To do what you were hired to do. Right. So, so how did that experience shape you positively today, specifically, you specific examples of how it shaped you in your career today, but also as a person, personally? Um,
1: so, um, I, I definitely learned to trust my gut when something doesn't feel right. I, I, when it doesn't, when something doesn't feel right, um, I address it immediately. I don't kind of let it fester. Um, and, um, I have certainly learned that there's a whole lot more that I'm capable of than I ever believed. Oh, for sure. Um, I, um,
0: I... I
1: I think that um, I think that I've learned that um, change even when you don't think
0: you want it can be a really good thing for you yes that is the premise of this entire thing because I think a lot of failure is often correlated often greatly incredibly positively correlated with massive surprising blindsiding change Mm
1: -hmm. yeah absolutely yeah, and for me, it's definitely been, really, I mean, while there's been a lot of work, there's also been just lots and lots of positive, lots of positive things that have come out of it. And I'm so grateful, I'm so grateful.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, I'm grateful that you came on and you- Thank you. Took time- Thanks for having me. Had some, no, yeah, we had some technical difficulties last night so here we are today. Oh, for your patience. Thank you so much after, for your patience. after a, a day of Jeannie saving did Jeannie figure it out? Of course she did. What was wrong? Um, so
1: apparently apparently there's a setting on the iPad that says um, you can I guess you can set your iPad to only store emails for a month. Who knew? Yeah. So, well, we fixed that. Now I've got 1,900 emails on the iPad. How does
0: she figure this shit
1: out? I don't know. She she did she, she um, get anything
0: else done today? Oh, oh, she had that figured out in like two minutes. <laughs> she's so annoying. Oh, she's so amazing. I know. It's so annoying. I know. Yeah. She. I.
1: I think she might actually have a master's degree in IT and just not. No one else knows it. Yeah. Yeah. She's so. blacked out and.
0: Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I doesn't recall that. yeah i think
1: somebody might have imparted a doctorate or something to her and and you know the you know computer sciences and she just doesn't know it yet but yeah she's amazing
0: so she is and so are you and thank you thank you for being a part of the brainchild that is failure fridays and giving back to our community of, of entrepreneurs and people just starting out or maybe the people that are established and are going through a major career change or falling on their face and that's fine. And uh, just just thank you for being here. Thank you for supporting me. And uh, I'm gonna put your email because I'm guessing that's the preferred way of contact if somebody wants to reach out to you, Rebecca. Sure, sounds good. Yep, and I'm also gonna post her website. Uh, You can get a lot of information about Rebecca, her practice and also contacting for an appointment or even mentorship in addition to her email. And uh, I will talk to you later. And I want to thank everybody for watching another episode of Failure Friday. And we'll see you here next week. Have a good night. That's great. Happy Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving.